What's up, guys? It's Heather, your rom-com queen. Hey, it's Lucretia, your thrill seeker. And this is Stephanie, your wild card. And we are The The Reading Reading Sirens. So today we will be discussing The Lost Apothecary by Sarah Penner. The Lost Apothecary follows two timelines of betrayed women. The first woman is in 18th century London, and she's an apothecary. Her name is Nella. She takes the help of a recent client, Eliza, who is 12 years old, after providing Eliza with a tincture to kill her boss. Eliza and Nella then get close, and Nella begins to trust Eliza with some of the reasons behind why she uses these tinctures to help women avenge other betrayals. And so you, you see their bond kind of unfolding through Eliza learning about Nella and her life and why she is an apothecary and uses these poisons. And then what ends up happening is centuries later, so we go into present day, one of the vials from Nella's shop is found by a history, pretty much a history nerd, um, <laughs> Caroline, during a mudlarking adventure. And she went on this mudlarking adventure after being afflicted with her husband's betrayal. Her husband had just recently had an affair that she had found out about. And so things start to get tricky when Caroline's note-taking and research on Nella's apothecary leads official or her apothecary shop leads officials to suspect Caroline and her husband falling ill. So both of these stories of betrayal and also redemption are kind of intertwined through Caroline and her friend. She becomes friends with a librarian named Gaynor. And these two, kind of, they start digging into the history of the apothecary. And Caroline star- starts uncovering a more mysterious ending for the apothecary and for Eliza. But in the end, she decides to protect that truth instead of rewriting history, which is... Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe a hard decision to make for somebody because she was so into history. I mean, her, I think her degree was in history, Mm -hmm. right? And she invested all this time into researching about it. And she found so many, I mean, she could have gotten in trouble with the law. She could have potentially been the, or she was the suspect in her husband's, you know, almost death for a while there. And so... It, it really affected her life in a good way, really, because she decided to go back to school for what she wanted to do. And um, but it, it really, I think, was a hard decision for her to protect that truth. In mm-hmm. the- yeah. And she really just I mean, she kind of set herself first in this scenario in this dual timeline. And she traveled to London after her husband's betrayal. And she really kind of found herself and in finding herself she kind of became this investigator of this you know everyday woman um in the 1800s I mean she was just kind of an 
she was willing to do everything in her power to figure out what happened. Exactly. And how interesting would it be too to find out that there's this secret network of women killers in history, you know? And mm-hmm. uh I think one of the things that was interesting to me was the apothecary's reason to keeping everybody's name. And yes. it was because she she felt that women this for a lot of these women this would be the only time that their names would ever be written anywhere where there would ever be a record of them anywhere um and so she decided to keep these names and pretty much guard them with her life at the risk of herself becoming you know affected by or charged with these crimes Mm -hmm. yeah I mean, the what these women went through in the late eighteen hundreds. I mean, is insane. You know, women were seen as you know they had one purpose and one purpose only, and that was in the household. And unfortunately, you know, some women didn't have the best relationships within their household, so they seeked apothecaries to help solve you know, their abusive situation or their poor matchmaking at that point. And unfortunately, you know, these troublesome lives were kind of their go-to therapy. And then it ultimately, you know, fixed their situation. Mm -hmm. Do you guys think you ever would have used an apothecary? I... I believe I would have. I mean, just depending on what my current situation was, you know, if I Mm -hmm. got matched with somebody that was abusive and I couldn't physically dig myself out of a poor situation, I'd rather be a, you know, a single woman at that point with no husband. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, honestly, sorry, keep going. No, I was just going to say, I really probably would have done everything in my power to if it wasn't myself you know physically choking him to death I probably would have seeked an mm-hmm. apothecary you know what I honestly feel like I would have been I would have even been inclined to want to be Nella's apprentice mm-hmm. like I would have wanted to learn how like all these different because they're really all just different things found in nature and how you can use them to either heal or to hurt yeah. and so I think going a step further and just using an apothecary I think I would want to be an apothecary right. I think and you'd be a good one <laughs> yeah she definitely would <laughs> and just wait um Nella's mother taught her and they come from a strong and her mother never really used it and I mean their intentions were never to use it that way but unfortunately you know when you see these women that are your you know your neighbors your your friends that you grew up with going through a poor situation I mean as a ultimate you know friend you're going to do everything in your power to help them too and Unfortunately, you know, her business got turned into this booming business for women. And she was sought after in London. So Heck yeah. she was the infamous apothecary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the discovery of Nella's as the apothecary came about 
due to Caroline's need for space and rediscovery. And I know we touched up on her husband's betrayal. So she found out that James had been having an affair and he still tried to hide it. Like even when she had found text messages, he still tried to lie to her, to her face until she showed him like the next message and then the next message. Um, So what do you guys think about, and then even after like as we get into Nella's story we do find out that she suffered from her own betrayal from her love interest um and so what do you guys think about those parallels between Nella's life and Caroline's life where they were both betrayed by this person that they were in love with and that they had made sacrifices for and you know both were kind of at this juncture where they were thinking of bringing a child into the world um what do you guys think about those parallels between their lives I kind of found Caroline's story kind of like refreshing in a way um a lot of times you'll hear like women get cheated on and then they stay or if a child is brought into it they stay because of the child and I was happy that we got to see a story of somebody who actually put herself first She still went on the trip they had planned and it was refreshing to me that they didn't make her come out pregnant because then she wasn't having that kind of like over her head to where she was able to get back into school to finish what she wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, they're, I mean, their stories are very similar in the light of, you know, they come from these broken, not homes, but just broken relationship statuses and you know it's amazing how you can see them kind of transition as strong and powerful women and in themselves they just kind of found their own way and they don't need to have a man behind them and she really just kind of displayed that growth pattern between both women and Mm -hmm. how strong they became as a, a singlet I mean they mm-hmm. found friendships and, you know, things they probably wouldn't have done if there was a voice behind them. And um, it's sometimes you just need that separation level between yourself and a relationship. And she really just kind of showed that, you know, these women just kind of grew as their own. And I, yeah, I, I do agree with that. I do feel like there, those betrayals led to both women becoming empowered. And I also like that in addition to them like acknowledging their own power or re-acknowledging in Caroline's you know case because she was already this powerful woman before until she decided to kind of be second to her husband at some point um but they also decided to do stuff for others like I liked how Nella really looked out for other women that may be in that same situation. I know the first person who she agreed to give a tincture was to Frederick's wife at the time. Um, So she kind of got her revenge, but was also helping Frederick's wife at the time. Mm -hmm. I believe that her name was Rissa. And then, so from there, she kind of formed this, almost this alliance with other women, regardless of knowing them or not she formed this alliance with them of like, look, I'm going to have your back because I know your situation is horrible. And I know you're trying to do as much as you can. Like, I know you mentioned earlier, uh, Krisha, that 
back then there were no other options you stayed with that man or you were shunned or you were killed or whatever and so she was able to form this alliance with them and help them in those situations that they were in and then with Caroline she didn't really I mean the alliance that she formed was more so with uh, Gaynor but I also like that she was able to sort of protect this part of history where um, she did know the ending, the true ending to Eliza's, you know, life and, and what the possible reasons why she did what she did. Um, but she decided to keep that a secret, even though for her, it would have benefit her more to relay that information to other people, you know? So mm-hmm. I really like that. Yeah, and you know, these women really didn't have choices as as divorce. They couldn't divorce their husbands. So Caroline just kind of brought their story to life. And Mm -hmm. it just shows that, you know, yeah, it's great to know the, you know, great history of, you know, the 1800s and how, you know, actual famous people have come up. But it's also nice to know that, there was everyday Joes out there too. And they had great, amazing stories. And she kind of showed that light of that story behind these women that were not known or not mm-hmm. famous in their own lights, but they kind of had their own secret society and kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> empowered themselves. So it was kind of, it was a great story to me. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved it. If you guys were Nella, or if you guys like were in Nella's shoes, would you have given Lady Clarence what she wanted, or would you have just taken everything and disappeared and started somewhere else fresh? I think that was probably the toughest decision that Nella had to make. Mm-hmm. I think had she been younger, I don't think she would have given. Um, I'm sorry, I don't think she would have given her the the. Po- I was going to say potion, <laughs> the tincture, because uh-huh. I think it was against her code and even against her mom's own code, like her own mom's code. I wouldn't have left anything too. in there. I would have cleaned it out. I, yeah. It was hard for her. I mean, this was a, a, a life that she's built. And, mm-hmm. you know, like we had said so up to this point is, you know, women didn't have a lot of choices. So whatever she earned up until her own right, I mean, it's something she built and acquired over time. So it, I, it would have been really hard for her to leave her mom's history behind and her mm-hmm. legacy. And I could see how, you know, like Stephanie said, you know, it's, if she were younger, maybe, absolutely. She probably would have cut out and, you know, packed up everything and left, but it was one of those things like, do I really want to start over for this little whiny little lady that wants something well, for, that she can't have? So For me, it was like how she was leaving her journal there. So yeah. if you wanted to help well, like, yeah. these women all along, why would you leave your journal knowing that the cops were going to be taken there and then all of them would get ratted out? But the thing, and I think that's what one of the toughest parts was for Nella, though, is that she felt like she had to protect these women that were in this book and I don't think I think had she had the time to run and if she knew those cops were coming yeah she would have grabbed the book and she would have left but she was kind of taken by by surprise really I mean if I remember correctly um 
when I mean the lady took the wrong vial the vial that had pretty much the information on the apothecary and then she supposedly brought it back but by that time it was too late and so when the cop showed up at her door I mean you're talking about an old old lady with arthritis you know Mm -hmm. she's she's got some that's a that's a tough place to be at I think I think at some point your fight and flight your fight or flight kicks in and you're like well I know she was I know she had packed up to leave and was closing everything up but she had purposely left the journal on the table and I, I to me, I felt like that was a lot to do with her, her apprentice too. I mean, she, she really wanted to protect Eliza and she, you know, it was, she was looking out for her. And so whatever she could do to get this little girl out of there, that she was going to do everything in her power. And she, I, at some point through this, this transition of the cops coming, I felt like she was that protective mother trying to help Eliza escape. And I think she was also trying to figure out what Eliza took, right? Yeah. Because Eliza had just taken some of the tinctures herself because she was reading this magic book. So she was was trying to figure out like, okay, first of all, what did you take? Second of all, I need to get you out of here. And I don't think she was thinking straight, but she really wanted to protect her and mm-hmm. you know, her well, mother. She had formed, yeah, exactly. I was going to say she had formed a really tight bond with with Eliza to where, I mean, if you think about it, it was kind of like the daughter that she never had because she really wanted to have a kid. And then Frederick came in and took that away from her. And then she meets Eliza, who's this young 12-year-old girl who needs a parental figure still. And even though she doesn't really want to at first, she ends up really trusting Eliza. So I do think that that did play a big role in her. And I I do feel like she wanted to protect the woman, but I do also feel like she knew, I don't know, that, that, that this would go down in history somehow. Because I think that was another thing for her in the book is that she wanted these names to be remembered, you know? Mm-hmm. So even if they weren't remembered now. They were going to be remembered later. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just like, you know, there was that book that Eliza picked up from her library friend. <laughs> um, you know, there was books out there, you know, to teach these women and how to kind of establish themselves and as magic (laughs) um but it's just it's these women weren't known for that unless you were in that circle of people Mm -hmm. and so that journal just kind of was their kind of light to fame Mm -hmm. also i'm thinking back then i mean not to say people were dumb but who knows if they would have been able to decipher what was written in there, you know, like would they have really been able to find the people who were written in the book at the time. Yeah. Well, I, it's also like, to me, I, I feel like, you know, these women ultimately kill their husbands and some of them would get remarried and the bloodline kind of got meddled somewhere, but it's kind of like a kind of a track like a a tree of you know these women and how 
what has been say killed so far <laughs> yeah how many have they you have on your tree <laughs> right <laughs> it becomes like a who's done more yeah <laughs> the black widow of the tree <laughs> right well i killed him with wolfsbane in his yes. eggs <laughs> right and it's probably just a way for nelly to keep track of you know what what products she's releasing releasing too i mean there's some things that she was actually putting out there that was not killing people i mean really good uh, medication and treatments and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. and it's i thought it was crazy too how so a lot of these things in certain quantities were okay but then if you pass like a certain dose that's when it becomes lethal yeah, you know which I mean I guess it's like that with medicine nowadays too but I mean I'm like back in back then like how were they how did they measure these things how do they make it precise enough to know like okay I can give them this so that you know they don't get fever or they get over the plague but I can't give them this much because it's rat poison and if I do they're gonna die Right. Trial and error. Yeah. <laughs> what was that um, plant that she had of her mother's that she would take a little bit of and the dosage on it was like lethal if you took so much? Do you remember? I don't I don't think I remember I don't. the exact one. I just remember she talked about mother's motherwort with because uh, she had given some to Frederick and then that's what Frederick gave to her mm-hmm. to make her miscarry. Mm-hmm sad I know. I know I didn't like that part me neither um so did you guys know about mudlarking um prior to reading this book I didn't no I didn't and now I kind of want to do it so it kind of reminds me of like you know how when you go to like ghost towns they'll have you like do like the mining for gold mm-hmm. yeah so I've always wanted to do that but then now with this I'm like this would be so much more cool because you're almost like well, you are looking for, like, artifacts. You're not just looking for gold. Which, not to say gold is not cool. Who doesn't want to be rich? But right. this is, like, different little artifacts. Like, I mean, and I guess you don't get to keep it, right? Well, you can. You can if you have a permit. So you have to get an actual oh. permit before you go to mudlarking. And if you don't have a permit before mudlarking, then if you find anything, it's not yours. But... I thought mudlarking, I don't know, in my mind, I was thinking like swamp type of thing. And I was thinking, you know, those like fishermen that go out there and catch like fish with their hands. Yeah. That's what I was thinking mudlarking. So was. I was thinking, okay, so for for me, I picture the mudlarking guy as like Chris Pratt in Jurassic Park. <laughs> and so I was thinking it's like you know mud up to your knees and you're wearing like the fisherman's boots and your cargo pants and your cargo vest and then yeah. just digging in there so your hands are all like full of dried mud and that's what it's I pretty picture. it's not a I mean I've actually did a little bit research on it just because I didn't know what it was and <laughs> I was looking at videos of people doing it and it's not like a fun excursion to go to London and do like it's a down and dirty job <laughs> but and I think I mean, that's why um Caroline didn't want to do it initially right she was like oh yeah right like I'm gonna go mudlarking 
Yeah. But I mean, these people actually find some amazing things. Like mm-hmm. I was watching a video and these, like this lady, she found like a plate from like the 1700s or something and she got to keep it and it's probably worth a lot. <laughs> but it's amazing like it, that you can pull stuff like out of there and you know these people you can't just go off the street and pick something off the ground like you have to have a permit for it mm-hmm. that's so, crazy a lot of stuff in there and they don't clean those little canals out so yeah dude that's crazy well you know I thought it was pretty cool that Caroline was able to find that because like you said you know earlier she was kind of in that like searching for herself again and she was trying to get away from James whatever mm-hmm. his name is <laughs> and she she does this excursion and then all of a sudden he just freaking surprises her which kind of made me mad okay so since we're talking about mudlarking I kind of thought that she was going to end up with the mudlarking guide I did too like I really uh-huh. thought that they were going to cuz they had like this weird dynamic like kind of flirty but like in a sarcastic kind I don't know like I thought they were gonna end up together but they didn't (laughs) but then so so if Frederick hadn't been there I think they would have had more time to kindle a little romance but since he did get there and he ended up getting sick there's that little twist that comes about when he takes the eucalyptus oil and then the I don't think they were called EMTs in the book, but I think of them like they're the paramedics that showed up to see what yeah. was him. So they find her, Caroline's notebook where she was taking the notes in and she has like all the different names of the different oils and what they do. And so she kind of becomes a suspect in him. He could have died. So do you guys think if he would have died that... It would have been karma since he had stopped Caroline from living the life she wanted up to that point. Like, I think he made it, he made her dreams seem like they were pointless. And so she, yes, part of it was her accepting that. But so do you think that his death would have been justified if he would have, it would have been taking to the me, oil? it would have been like self-inflicted karma. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because he did it himself. And I mean, she didn't tell him drink it. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, I felt like a lot of that was guilt, too. Uh, at some point, you know, when you're that sick and you just kind of like chug a bottle of <laughs> NyQuil and not really think about the consequences. And it just so happened that Caroline had her notebook around that could have possibly incriminate her. And it did look really bad. But I mean, although I'm not condoning James at all, but James, he he fucked up and and he tried to make up for it and it wasn't the appropriate for him to fly out there and try to, you know, win back his love. But ultimately he did right at the end. Like he fessed up to it and said, no, no, no. But I mean, like Heather said, it's self-inflicted. He did it to himself. And unfortunately karma bites you in the ass when, (laughs) you know, you do something bad and, Unfortunately, you know, it could have ultimately killed him in this case. But I'm glad he kind of said at the end, no, it wasn't her type of thing. Well, right. Because, I mean, it wasn't her. Mm -hmm. He took it without, like, who the heck takes eucalyptus oil and is like, (laughs) hey, let me drink this. Come on. 
Can you imagine how nasty that happened? I know. Yeah, like, how do you... Obviously, it's not NyQuil. Why would you... I don't even like it when people just chug NyQuil. I'm like, it clearly tells you, do not do that. Like, you have to measure it, but whatever. I I don't know. In my mind, I'm thinking of eucalyptus oil, thick and creamy, and I'm like, oh, how do you not realize I shouldn't be drinking this. Right. <laughs> and like especially if it's in a little in a little flask. So that tells you like this thing is powerful if there's only so little of it, you know? Why would you do that? What do you guys think about the deaths at the hands of the apothecary? Do you guys think all of those were justified? The ones that I got details on, mm-hmm. yes. Except for the what was her name? Lady um lady clarence she should have just let him go i didn't like her i didn't like her yeah i didn't like so i yeah i didn't like that death just because her intentions were to kill the woman yeah and i think that's a it was going against the apothecary's rules and b it's like okay you really think that once you kill her he's not gonna find somebody else Exactly. And she pretty much told her that. Like, if it's not this woman, it's going to be another, you know? Yeah. It's not the women's fault that he's choosing to sleep with them. You know, it also, sorry, yeah. how gross is it that it was his cousin? Like, <laughs> this takes the me amount back to that of time where things were okay. And I'm disgusting. just like, oh, that's so nasty. I would have really liked to know her process of elimination with you know agreeing to it like what I mean if I came to you and you were an alley and what would you ask me why do you want to kill your husband I mean what does that questionnaire sound like you know what I mean well I mean I'm sure they could have came in and lied and as long as she knew that it was going to be to kill like a man she wouldn't have well I mean I can like if I just don't like my husband or the way he chews I'm going to come to you and be like Dude, I want to kill him because he's abusive. Like, are you just going to take my word for it? Like, <laughs> I wonder what the actual well, but maybe because, like, okay, I feel like her own betrayal was pretty intense. Like, the yeah. dude made her miscarry her child, and then not just that, but it made it to the point to where she could never carry a child again. Mm-hmm. So that one was justified, and so I think she just maybe blindly trusted women yeah i mean at but, some and, point but then you... also like i feel like maybe just the way that the person presents when they come to her yeah i mean i'm, I'm pretty not sure she people can't tell... fake it but you know she probably sure would tell from tell. details and because you she could say oh my husband abuses me but then if you don't have any bruises or if you don't have any stories like gonna look sketchy you know yeah. I would have really liked to see some of the backstory of these women or like the actual you should make there. a book about <laughs> an apothecary's process I know I mean, where she I just, interviews these people and then she's like nope her not getting one in a paper and be like so I have five boxes I have to check yes or no on and what is how badly does your husband abuse you or does he just or, <laughs> like because for right like did you just forget the safe word is that what happened right <laughs> <laughs> no but even with Eliza because Eliza technically was sent by her boss mm-hmm. so I mean you're trusting this 12 year old 
with this bottle of poison. But there was a backstory there too, because Eliza right. was going to be abused by her boss's husband, and the abuse no, yeah. was yeah, going like... to stem. And in Eliza's mind, you know, I, I mean, coming from Eliza, I would have been like 100%, like, let's get this guy, you know? Yeah. But I mean, at what point do you say, maybe I should question this a little bit more? <laughs> well, like with mm-hmm. Lady Clarence, I mean, I don't feel like an affair, just an affair was mm-hmm. enough to kill a guy. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, I, I, granted, she probably couldn't live, but you also, um, you know, divorce him. But there's also. But she didn't of- even want to divorce him. Right. I there's think a- that's where my thing would be like, it's not even that she doesn't want. She, she didn't even want him to like him to die. She just wanted to get rid of the person that he was with. So mm-hmm. at that point, it's like, yeah, this, you're just throwing an adult tantrum and you want right. to kill someone and that's not okay. <laughs> I mean, she could have just said, if we're not going to separate and you want to be with other women, like you live your life and I'll live my life on the other side of the house. Like, right. Which (laughs) they did back then. Yeah. I mean, people took concubines all the time. Right. And and to her, it was like, if I can't have them physically, nobody can, regardless of the consequences. And unfortunately she ultimately wanted to kill somebody that kind of took an active part in the actual fear but i mean are you willing to kill somebody for that i mean women could be homewreckers but doesn't stem for you know death like it doesn't lead them to their death right (laughs) which that kind of brings me to like how there's so much betrayal in the book and that's one of those themes that can that really sticks out but then there's also just that theme of people forming or women forming these strong bonds with each other like these people who didn't have anybody else or who've lost people that are really important to them and they come together and they have each other's backs to where they're literally killing for somebody else or even killing themselves for somebody else pretending to whatever so how did you guys feel about the relationships that formed like between Nella and Eliza or Gaynor and Caroline and from those two which one was your favorite I really liked Nella's friendship because at first I think she was kind of hesitant because of how much she did want a child but then once she let Mm -hmm. Eliza in like they had an amazing bond yeah um, I will probably say, um, I'm going to butcher her name, but Caroline and her librarian friend, mm-hmm. um, I can't remember her name, but their friendship was like amazing. And after she realized like, you know, she's not going to get back with her husband, um, her friend really said, good for you. Like, <laughs> let's do this together. Let's rule the world. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys think... Like, at any point in the the progression of those friendships, did you guys think that one would turn against the other? Because they were kind of put into, like, some sticky ride-or-die situations, you know? Yeah. I thought Eliza and Nellie were going to rat each other out at some point, but I think that was just my thriller, you know, aspect mind twin- twirling, but... 
like hoping like not hoping but expecting something bad to happen yeah <laughs> yeah I know I kind of I was kind of on the edge of my seat like biting my nails when um uh Caroline asked Gaynor to talk to the officials but she hadn't actually told her the backstory mm-hmm. as to why she needed her there but then Gaynor without knowing anything was just like oh yeah we're totally researching that like oh <laughs> yeah no worries she just He's flew not with trying it. to kill her husband <laughs> so in the loss of the pox theory um I, I felt like because there was so much empower women, women empowerment throughout the book, um, did you kind of see a transition between this book being borderline feminist? I think it was, I, in my opinion, because it was very much like trying to showcase the strength of the women and the, the strength of the women together. Like- and sticking, because I feel like, there's even when you look at well any type of really books from back in the day there's a lot of like women tearing down women Mm -hmm. and I think this book was more about women building each other up and women helping each other in situations where nobody else would help them yeah so even Mm -hmm. though they were and they were killing men which what is it <laughs> down with the patriarchy right <laughs> i i just felt at some point like eliza or um caroline was gonna rip off her bra and be like fuck men <laughs> well yeah i was like hey her and gaynor can just be super besties like sex in the city but in the british version of it and just take london for themselves right <laughs> start with the mudlarking tour guys. i know <laughs> they're gonna run their own like mudlarking tour <laughs> right <laughs> um the out of the characters out of the book what what character would you feel that was the real apothecary and what does apothecary mean to you well i thought to be honest okay so like I think Nella, but also Nella's mom. Yeah. Because Nella's mom was the one who was initially, um, who Nella learned from and who taught Nella all about what these different tinctures would do, whether good or bad. And um, Nella's mom was the one that passed that on to her, like never use this to harm another woman. You know, and so to me, she was the like the OG apothecary, (laughs) right? And as far as like what an apothecary was, so to me in the book, it was somebody who uses like nature's own gifts and tweaks them to help others or to benefit someone, you know. Yeah. Or heal. It could be heal. But in this case, it was benefit <laughs> through other means. Right. Um, yeah. Apothecary. I mean, I just, to me, um, anybody can pretty much be an apothecary. I mean, it's just about finessing the right ingredients together to create either healing powers or ultimately killing powers. And um, I agree with you. The OG is <laughs> Nellie's uh, mother. She really... Um, created this um, segue of saying right and wrong and, you know, let's create, you know, what we should do and kind of just a, a, a guideline to what's right. And she 
pass that on to her daughter. And here Nellie was trying to pass it on to Eliza and, you know, ultimately Eliza passed it on to Carolina. So it just, the history just continues to dwindle by century. So it's, to me, it was an amazing story altogether. And even if you didn't know anything about an apothecary, I mean, you know, researching this information is great. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So even with that, like I'm, with the whole apothecary and that bond between Eliza and Nella and Nella kind of, like you said, you know, she learned from her mom. So she's passing on to Eliza and in Eliza learning all these things, her and Nella have, they formed this really strong bond to the point where Eliza even risks her own life to save Nella, not just to save Nella, but also to save kind of like Nella's legacy. And so how did you guys like Eliza's ending? I, I thought it was fantastic. I mean, for this, I mean, it, when you think of read the story, you know, I didn't realize until later on that Eliza was so young. Mm-hmm. And for her to have that will to kind of say, you know, I'm going to sacrifice myself so you can continue to live because you were screwed throughout life. You know, she mm-hmm. really was ahead of her time. And, you know, she she ultimately made the self-sacrificing of giving up herself so, you know, women can continue to prosper, you know, mm-hmm. even if it's through this poor means of having to off these men. And unfortunately, you know, sometimes you need an apothecary in your life if you can't dig yourself out. And there's some women that will continue to stay in a poor situation. And unfortunately, um, this is a risk that Nella was willing to take. And she, she was kind of the bad guy in the scenario, but she helped so many. And Eliza realized, you know, for her to help more, this is what she needed to do. Mm hmm. Yeah, I really liked her ending too. I liked how it almost reminded me of like a those mo- those movies, not to call them corny, but like a lot of times it's like, you know, uh those if you sacrifice yourself for the world and then you're like resuscitated. Yeah. <laughs> because you know how she like she took that magic potion so that she could seem dead and then they officials thought she was dead. They even recorded her as dead and it, they thought she was the apothecary. And then she, so she was able to kind of clear Nella. And then it turns out that she ends up with the magic store dude. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool. Like she still was able to have her little happy ending because she sacrificed. She, I mean, she could have died. So she kind of sacrificed herself and she ended up saving two people, which were her, well, probably a lot more because if Nella was able to continue doing what she was doing, um, then she saved a lot more lives. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. It wasn't your story, big ending, you know, one of those endings you're like, yeah, in your face. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Suck it. (laughs) But not too much because you might die. Yeah, just a little tiny portion. Just a little bit. Just the dose that you're supposed to take. Right. Oh, you didn't read the directions? That sucks. Oh, man. Well, too bad. Just give me back my flask, yeah. 
So what did you guys think of the cover? I liked the cover. I So it's re- it's a really pretty cover, right? Mhm. But I do like that they added I don't know if you guys caught the little beetle at the bottom. Mhm. Yes. So to me that was like that little hidden like hidden message that if you didn't read the book, you wouldn't really probably notice it. But because you have read the book, you realize how big of a role these thing beetles play into it, you know? Um, and it just looking at the little vial or veal, I don't know. I think it's vial, right? Vial. Um, that made me think like, okay, something's going to happen here. To me, what... I thought the vial was perfumey and I thought it was going to be a romance book, but you know, that's just me judging the book. But I mean, it ultimately was a beautiful cover. I mean, if you I love the colors, get to see this book in person, it's an amazing book. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just pretty to have probably on just your coffee table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and I like that there was darkness to it too. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I love the title name. The title is great. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Were you guys able to relate to any of the characters? I really, I felt for Nella a lot because she didn't really have a chance to live her own life except Mm -hmm. for, I mean, don't get me wrong. She was badass. You know, what she did was something that probably nobody else would have, well, other people did do, but, you know, in her little corner of the world, yeah. not every, not other, other people couldn't have done it the way she did it. Like yeah. maybe other people could have done it, but not have that rule where only don't kill any women, you know, or other people might've done it for money versus her. She was just kind of doing it out of the goodness of her heart or mm-hmm. out of the hate in her betrayal. I don't like, it was just. <laughs> I I really felt for her. She was such a strong character, too. I mean, her character Mm -hmm. was a strong character. Um, For me, I I believe, you know, the character that really stood out to me was Eliza because she was, she came from no family, you know, and, you know, the family, ultimately family she worked for wasn't a good role model and she seeked a model in, or role model in Nellie. So, she kind of made her own way through life and she figured it out and you know she didn't figure it out she was she was a strong character in herself so she really stood out to me uh were you guys swept in from the start i was swept in from the start of nella's story Uh like where eliza comes in because i believe it starts off with caroline right yeah Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't all that into Caroline's story at first, or actually, I think it might have started with Nella, but I wasn't all that into Caroline's story. I think I text you guys like, uh, mm-hmm. I'm definitely loving Nella's story more. But I mean, after I started to see more of Caroline's strength come out, then I did like both, both storylines. So I, yeah. I was pulled in from the start of Nella's more so. Yeah, I mean, Caroline's story was, you know, the typical, like, boy broke her heart, she goes on her own trip, like, I don't know, it was, 
it was goody, but I mean, it wasn't something that stood out. Of course, when we got to Nella's story, it was really kind of the nail and the hammer. Like, it just really stood out. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Get him. Hers was more like, boy broke her heart, so she gave him poison to stop his. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, I don't like those generic stories. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What did you guys think of the plot? Did it stay true to the genre? Yeah, because this one was a historical, right? Yeah. Historical fiction. I think so. So, yeah, I really liked it. And I feel like a lot of the historical fictions have, like, that dual timeline. Mm -hmm. And so even when they were talking about Caroline's timeline, they really did do a good job of showcasing that even though they are sharing different aspects of her life, it's mostly how it ties to the history of what she found. Yeah. I mean, it was... Like you said, it's typical for a historical, you know, fiction, but um, I really liked how they transitioned, you know, like I felt like sometimes at, at some parts of the book, like I'm like, yeah, I can actually picture the, you know, that shop that they worked in. Like I can actually try to, I can imagine the smells of the shop and the candles burning, like the description of the book was really good. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Yeah. Would you guys consider reading more from the author? I would. I liked her style of writing, especially when it came to like the story behind Nella. So I would want to see what else she would come up with, especially knowing that she didn't know about that apothecary that she that is really like similar to mm-hmm. Nella, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm the like, Man, most of this was just like a made up character, not even based off of a one true character you know so what else could her brain do right I mean and she just really captured a lot of like interesting aspects that I probably I didn't know about like mudlarking and you know hidden pathway in London and you know the overall history um so I would love to see what else she can do with these types of stories even if it's not just a historical but fiction or a science fiction maybe Mm -hmm. like a da vinci code yeah (laughs) yeah well guess what time it is ladies (laughs) (laughs) i'll start um my fuck would be caroline because she's like she's the becoming for free. The I'm just she's uncaged now, and she's up for trying new things. So I would pick her. My Mary would be Gainer because she is a true ride or die, and I feel like she would always be there for me, like she had Carolyn's back. So I would marry her, and then I would kill Mrs. Emwell's husband because he's a stupid prick and he needs to die. <laughs> nice. Um, my fuck would I know <laughs> I like the bad boys I would probably just fuck James just for you know hit it and quit it type of situation but <laughs> <laughs> nothing else um, and my Mary would be Nella, uh, um, Caroline's library friend oh, Gainer, Gainer. Gainer. Girl because... you better learn her name if you I know her. <laughs> like, well yeah, <laughs> she's gonna probably kill me, huh? <laughs> um, 
yeah she just she's one of those like yeah that's my friend and so she's really cool and my kill would be mr armwall is that his name mm-hmm. the husband uh, yeah the one that tried to do nasty stuff to the little 12 year old girl yeah try he did do nasty stuff well, yeah, yeah but not as far as yeah he did with <laughs> he others. didn't get all the way yeah but yeah he would totally yeah yep. he went out a long time ago <laughs> yeah he okay do you guys remember that scene have you guys seen little nikki Mm-hmm. It's the been a while. Where Hitler comes out, I think, and he has a pineapple stuck up his butt. <laughs> That's what should happen to Mr. Armwell in jail in uh, hell. Right. <laughs> and we're not going to knock him out for it. Nope. <laughs> All right. So my fuck would have to be the mudlarking guide. I don't know if you guys could tell. I kind of had a crush on him through the whole book. I did too, but I knew you liked him, so I didn't pick him. (laughs) But I didn't want to fight with you. Self-sacrificial. Once I'm done with him, you can marry him. (laughs) Okay, sounds good. Since Creature took Gainer. (laughs) Right? I really liked... uh, So, I really had this picture of him as, like, Chris Pratt. So, (laughs) like, Chris Pratt in, like, Jurassic Park. And so he's got like the scruff, but he's also like this sexy dude with like. <laughs> so the part I just pictured is when he's like, they're there trying to find the kids from the T Rex, and the girl like <laughs> ties her shirt in a knot and pulls up her sleeves, and he's like, "Okay, like what does this mean? I can still picture him doing that." Yeah. <laughs> While you're putting on your gloves and your boots. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I could picture him doing that too. That's why he's not. <laughs> um, and then my Mary would be Nella. I oh, feel okay. like Nella was so she was so loyal and innocent before she was betrayed, and she, she really was just like she was protecting people that she didn't even know, and she was trusting people based off of you know thinking that they've gone through similar situations as her. And she was putting herself on the line and her business on the line to help them. And so mm-hmm. I feel like she was very self-sacrificial, but also like uh, somebody you would want to have on your side, you know? Yeah. Especially because if she knows how to do all that stuff, uh, <laughs> let me make you love me. So that you don't <laughs> kill me. And then my kill would, would have to be Lady Clarence. Because... Yeah. For one, I hate it when women blame other women. Yes. When men do them wrong. Like that girl, it was not her fault that your husband is a sleaze or that your man, you know, is doing whatever on the side. So to me, she, first of all, the apothecary fell because of her. Like it was her fault that they were discovered. She forced her to go against her own code. Like, Hello, does she not know girl code? You don't You wanna know who she reminded me of? The bratty kids in the grocery store. I want my candy. That's exactly who she reminded me of. Yeah. (laughs) Like hopefully the girl from Baby Teeth would have gone up to her and smashed her head in. Like that's how bad I hated her. But I feel like like I almost wanted her to accidentally drink her own poison because I feel like Mm -hmm. she was already a poisonous person and I don't feel like she deserved to live. Nope. You know, she was a woman. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hello, he's just going to find another mistress. You're going to kill her too? Like, how many women are you going to kill? She would have been the first serial killer in London. 
right? <laughs> so what are we going to read next, ladies? I think we should mix it up and bring back some of our childhood favorites with The Tale of Tiger Lily by Jill Featherstone. Ooh, I love the author's name in this one, too. Yes. Featherstone. So, so we always get, like, Peter Pan and Hook's, like, point of view, but I'm excited to get Tiger Lilies. I know. Me, too. It just reminds me of that scene where, you know, poor little Tinkerbell's all mad at her. And right? it's not her fault. She's <laughs> And we're excited because Jill's going to join us. Yeah, yes. we're excited to have her on. I am too. Let's just say this cover of this book it looks amazing too. I know. It is one, of, like it really makes you, it makes me feel like I'm out there by the water just contemplating things, you know, mm-hmm. life, the world, <laughs> the universe, everything. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thanks Until for tuning in, guys. Bye. 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 Alrighty, guys. Well, thank you for listening. Please don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify or your preferred streaming network to listen in. And you can also follow us on Instagram at reading underscore sirens. That's at R-E-A-D-I-N-G underscore S-I-R-E-N-S. And that's on Instagram. And we also have our group on Facebook, which is called Reading Sirens Podcast. Follow us so you can get all of our updates. And we will be looking forward to you tuning in soon. Thanks. Bye.